today's episode, I break down what it means to tackle spring cleaning of the heart and mind. I talk about the damage pretending to be fine when you're not causes, feeling our feelings versus stuffing them, and how unprocessed pain limits us and prevents us from healing. If we want to rid ourselves of these negative thoughts and behaviors, we have to feel and we have to heal. Thanks for being here. the host of the Girl on a Hill podcast, where we encourage you to stop hiding, start shining, and be the woman you were created to be. You can download Girl on a Hill podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And now let's head to the hill. Hey, welcome to Girl on a Hill. I hope you are having a great week, whatever you're doing. It is currently spring break for me and my kids. And so I wanted to, yes, give the girls on the hill a break today. Some of them are dealing with spring break themselves. But more than that, I really thought it was important to go back and kind of digest all of the heaviness we have been talking about in this series. We started the spring cleaning of our heart and mind series way back in episode 39. So if you're not caught up yet, you might want to go back and listen to episodes 39 through 43 first before you listen to today's podcast. But I just really wanted to take a week to really dig into the notion of cleaning out the clutter and garbage we've been storing in our hearts and minds. Because listen, the topics we've covered this far in the series are not easy things to grapple with. And even though I think we sincerely desire to rid ourselves of these things, change is hard. And this is this is big life change changing a lifetime of habits kind of change. So this isn't going to come easy. And so we need to really work at it. Um, I think we get really excited about starting the process of spring cleaning, both the kind when we're cleaning out our closets and the kind where we're working to free our hearts and minds of harmful habits and negative ways of thinking. It's really exciting to think about starting a new project. It's appealing and thinking about the end result makes us giddy. Even the planning stages can be really fun. In the tangible world, the planning stages means trips to the container store using your label maker and an excuse to binge watch Marie Kondo. In the mental and emotional realm, realm, the, the planning stage might look like journaling, planners, motivational books, even listening to podcasts. And then we jump in, often with both feet, and suddenly find ourselves with a mess. And at least for me, a much bigger mess than I anticipated. I have found myself so often in the middle of cleaning out my closet or a junk door or something and saying, why did I do this? And because the only way out is through. When my kids are doing a big cleaning project, I often find myself saying, sometimes it just has to get worse for it to get better. And as I think about it, the same sentiment really applies to when we're cleaning up our hearts and minds. If we want the mess to be cleaned up, we have to clear everything out evaluate what we've been storing up, make often painful decisions to let go of things we've cherished, even when they're things we don't like or no longer use, clean up what's left, and do the actual hard work. But anyone who has actually put in the work to tackle a big project knows how good it feels to finish, how good it feels to even take one little step. For me, it always feels like freedom. I don't like things hanging over my head or things weighing me down. And when there's a project I've been putting off, 
It gets to feel really overwhelming, where even the thought of beginning to tackle it seems too big. I'm going to give you a real-world example. My basement. I will clean and organize pieces of it in fits and starts, but I always get overwhelmed by the enormity of the job. Because here's the thing. It's not a project I'll ever be able to do in a day or even in a weekend. And I, like most people, I like instant gratification. We like chores and tasks that are quickly done and crossed off the to-do list. And my basement isn't that. So my determination always wanes and I give up, believing it's hopeless, telling myself I don't have the time or the energy to take care of it. And I tell myself things like, it's not that big of a deal anyway. It's not something I really have to do. The only problem is I now avoid a big section of my home. I have to pretend like it's not there. I deny myself full access to my home and to the good things that are stored there near the mess. And I hope you're seeing the parallel here. Cleaning up our emotional and mental messes and working to rid ourselves of these heavy things weighing us down will not be accomplished overnight or in a weekend. Working a lifetime habit out of our heart isn't something we can do quickly or as the result of even the most beautiful bullet journal or the most insightful podcast. It's going to take a lot of work and it's probably going to feel overwhelming and like it's too much. And so we often give up, telling ourselves that it's hopeless, that we don't have the time or energy to do it, and the most harmful lie of all, it's not that big of a deal anyway. It's not something I actually need to do. And then we spend years of our lives avoiding, hiding, and cheating ourselves out of fully enjoying this life we've been given, not allowing ourselves access to the good because we're busy numbing, stuffing, and ignoring the painful. And as we've been working through this podcast series, that's what I keep thinking about, pain. Because as I think about everything we've covered up until this point, insecurity, gossip, rage, comparison, and unforgiveness, I see our unhealed and undealt with pain manifesting as words, thoughts, and behaviors. As I read that list, honestly, just reading it makes me tired. It's exhausting carrying all of this junk around holding on to it and storing it up in my life for so long. Those things are taking up space and causing me to avoid pieces of my heart. I'm blocking memories, ignoring opportunities, and closing off parts of myself all because it feels too hard to deal with. Yet we cling to these hurtful thoughts and behaviors like they're precious. We practically set out the welcome mat, inviting these harmful habits, thought patterns, and behaviors in for a glass of sweet tea. We're full of all the Southern charm and hospitality in the world, beckoning these things that are weighing down our souls to pull up a chair and stay a while. And ladies, it is time to dig in our heels and actually do the work. It's time to pick up the mental broom and start pulling out the thoughts and feelings we've been ignoring and avoiding for so long and evaluate their place in our hearts and minds. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I tend to spiderweb when I start to clean? Here's what I mean. And I know I know I am not alone. I've heard other ladies talk about this. So I'll walk into the kitchen to unload the dishwasher and I'll notice that the floor needs to be swept. And as I'm sweeping up, I'll see my kids' shoes under the table. So I'll run those upstairs to see spilled crumbs all over the carpet. 
So I'll go to get the vacuum out, and as I'm vacuuming, I'll see a bunch of cups on a child's windowsill, so I take them back to the dishwasher that's still not unloaded, but where I originally started. Get the idea? I know you do. I know you're nodding along with me. And I feel like with this particular list of things we're seeking to tackle, it's very much the same. They're so related. It's, it's bonkers. As I start to wrestle with my own insecurity, I see how it's rooted in comparison. I see how some of my unforgiveness manifests as rage. I see how gossip can come about when I'm dealing with any of the other four issues. They are connected, and I firmly believe they're connected because they're tied to our pain. And I think that's why so many of us give up and we shove the hurt, anger, sadness, and discomfort away because the only way out is through, and the way through means we have to spend some time with our feelings and, yes, actually feel them. And this one is tough because it's countercultural and it's wildly uncomfortable. I think about some of the mistakes, though, that I made in earlier years. And I wonder if I still would have made them had I been allowed or had I been chosen, had I chosen to sit with the pain, as inconvenient as that was for everyone, if I had chose to sit with my pain and healed versus what I did, which was simply putting on a happy face and a more agreeable disposition and covering up the pain with numbing behaviors, only to have them fester, that pain fester and simmer and spill out into my life for years to come. I got really good early on at pretending to be fine, because fine makes people comfortable, including myself. Being fine keeps people from asking questions or extending pity. But really, and most painfully for me to admit out loud, pretending to be fine when we're not means we can just keep on ignoring our feelings never doing the work of feeling them or processing them. By the way, if this is hitting anything for you, go back and check out episode seven. Way back in the beginning, it's an episode called The Lie of I'm Fine. If you want more enrichment on this after today's pod, it's a good one. Now, almost two years ago to the day, I wrote an article for my Chasing Supermom blog whilst in the middle of the pandemic. Lockdowns had just been extended And I was all over the place mentally, probably like you were too, and emotionally. And a simple question about how I was doing broke me open and made me realize the damage pretending to be fine was doing not only to me, but to those around me. Well, a few lines from the post relate specifically to the time we all found ourselves in a few years ago. We all still know struggle. We all are not strangers to disappointment, fear, and anger. And I'd like to read that post for you now. A friend asked me how I was this morning, and honestly, I didn't know how to answer. It felt like a complicated question. I have the right answers ready to give. The sun is shining. I'm so grateful for the reminder to slow down and focus on what's really important. Hooray for extra time to read, write, and bake. We all know those are the things we're supposed to say. But what do we do about the other feelings? The loss, the grief, the disappointment the fear. At the beginning of all this, I knew deep down I wanted to be a voice of hope and optimism. I still want that. I never want to be someone who adds fuel to an anxiety fire or paints darkness over the light at the end of someone's tunnel. Not ever. But let's be honest. Let's get real. This is a hard situation. 
Do I believe there are upsides? Absolutely. Do I have hope and faith that we will get through this? You bet. But this situation we all find ourselves in is challenging. Loss and grief wash over us like waves. We're tired, overwhelmed, struggling. And after responding to my friend this morning, a light went on for me. We need to feel our feelings and we need to feel them in front of other people. You feeling uncomfortable yet? I felt all along like I needed to be strong for my kids. I felt like I needed to be strong for my friends and the women in the ministry I lead. It's a well-intentioned idea and one many of us were raised with. But I think we have a skewed definition of strength. I think we've been led to believe that strength looks like an absence of emotion. Somewhere along the line, we've come to believe that a strong person is a person who doesn't feel sad or get angry or disappointed. But that isn't strength, and it isn't helping anyone. When we fail to acknowledge how we're really feeling, we deny others the opportunity to speak up. If my kids see me acting as though everything is fine and business as usual, they might worry that their own feelings aren't okay. I know what it's like to stuff your emotions deep down inside. It works for a while until you erupt. I know what it's like to pretend that nothing is wrong while anxiety and fear slowly eat away your peace. I know what it's like to feel as if there is no one safe to vent to. I know what it's like to fear telling anyone how I feel, worried that will spawn with a pithy catch-all phrase, unsolicited advice, or judgment. And because I know these things, I want my kids to know, my friends to know, you to know, that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to cry and feel disappointed. It's okay to feel trapped and overwhelmed. It's okay to be angry. There is nothing wrong with you, and your feelings do not make you weak. They make you human. Now, here's the real kicker and the truth I desperately want you to absorb. Strength is processing your feelings in a healthy way. Strength is not stuffing your emotions until they erupt. Strength is getting back up off the bathroom floor and making dinner with tears in your eyes. Strength is relearning how to do fourth grade math. Strength is looking your teenager in the eye and telling them the truth, that you're sad and disappointed too. Strength is knowing the difference between, I know I'm going to be okay and I'm not okay right now. It's learning to sit with pain to sit with it until you're ready or able to work through it. It's being okay in the messy middle. It's knowing that positive people aren't always happy people. It's knowing that you can be full of hope and still feel sad. So today, I just felt this strong press on my heart to tell you that it's okay to feel however you're feeling. Strength, hope, faith. None of those words exist exclusive of emotion, even the messy ones. The ugly ones. Feeling upset, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, angry, disappointed, tired, trapped. None of that makes you weak. None of that makes you less than. None of that makes you not enough. We're all figuring this thing out as we go, and not one of us is going to do it perfectly. That's not a real thing. All we can do is all we can do. And your capacity may shift from moment to moment, and it's okay. Give yourself grace. Allow yourself to be real. 
Let yourself feel things. Don't stuff it or ignore it. Know that walking in it may give someone else the courage to speak up and say, I feel that too. You are not alone. We are in this together. We're fighting together. We're feeling together and we are strong enough. You are strong enough. You are loved and you can do this. Let me tell you, as I was reading that post again right now, that is still my hope for myself, my children, my friends, and you. If we ever want to heal, we have to learn to feel. And that is what spring cleaning of the heart and mind is really about. It's about healing our unresolved and unprocessed pain. These topics we've covered so far, insecurity, rage, gossip, comparison, and unforgiveness, these are not out of the blue, come from nowhere emotions and behaviors. These hurtful mental soundtracks, stories we're telling ourselves, these choices and behaviors, they don't happen randomly. They are all coming from somewhere. We would often like to blame them on other people or write them off as one-offs, but far more often than not, our insecurity, desire to gossip, our rage, our comparison, and our unforgiveness stem from what is lurking and growing inside our hearts and minds. I keep thinking about Matthew 12, 34. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. These destructive words, thoughts, and behaviors are coming from our hearts. Our hearts that are full of pain we've refused to sit with. Pain we've decided to ignore and walk away from. And so often, because we're so very, very good at stuffing and ignoring and sweeping things under the rug, we don't even realize the pain is there until it erupts and bubbles over. I think about when you walk away from a pot you have simmering on a stove, and it's just a slow simmer, and you walk away, and you leave it unattended, and you get busy doing something else, and you forget about it until, until you hear the contents of that pot spilling out over the sides, and you smell the smoke, and you can tell the mess it's made before you even get back into the kitchen. And by then, the damage has been done. And you're left with not only the contents of your metaphorical pot, but the mess it caused. And that's how it is. These negative thought patterns and behaviors that we're seeking to eliminate are messy. Oh boy. Insecurity, comparison, rage, and forget. These are messy things. But boy, they cause a lot of damage. They can take down relationships. They can cement wrong ideas in our children's minds based on the way we are modeling, thinking, behaving, acting. They can cement wrong ideas in our minds as our confirmation bias grows stronger, as those ruts in our brains just deepen as we hold on to these hurtful things. Oh boy, this one kills me. They can destroy our witness for Jesus as this is what people are witnessing in our life. If we are someone who gossips constantly, if we are someone who is always wrestling with insecurity, if we are raging, if we are letting that unforgiveness fester into bitterness, that's all they're going to see. And we come to believe the lies and the stories we've made up about ourselves and our worth. Hanging on to this stuff is hurting our hearts 
and our souls. Stuffing it away isn't doing us any good. When we stuff, ignore, and numb away our pain, we are asking for these behaviors to spill out of us. I love, love this quote from Lisa Turkhurst. Wrongs we deem were never made right are incredibly stealthy in their ability to sit, quietly seething until that one more wrong done to us gives them permission to scream. Our reactions are manipulated by the lens of unresolved hurts. Boy, I feel that. It's, It's never the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's everything else inside in the way you're carrying it. That example speaks to unforgiveness, perhaps yielding to rage, but I can think of other examples. Maybe you weren't made to feel as though you mattered as a child, and because you've never processed that hurt, it would be really easy to let those feelings of unworthiness build inside you until one day you're triggered and that insecurity just comes spilling out. And we all know that insecurity yields so easily to comparison. And comparison yields so easily to gossip. These things build, and they are all built upon the layers of pain that we have so deftly and artfully hidden away in our hearts and minds. Oh, yes. We get triggered by insecurity. We start to compare ourselves to everyone around us. Our insecurity-fueled comparisons make us feel less than. We let those comments slip. We attack people through gossip in an effort to lift ourselves out of the holes we've dug by lifetimes of unprocessed pain and believed lies. It's endless. This vicious cycle is hurting us. It's hurting the people we love. It's hurting our witness. In her book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, which is phenomenal, I really recommend that book to everybody, Lisa writes, if your reaction is hysterical, it's historical. That punched me in the gut. So often our reactions and overreactions are indicators that something isn't quite right. I believe God gave us our emotions, both the light and the dark, as emotional check engine lights. And when you start to feel rage or insecurity or unforgiveness or the need to compare or the desire to gossip and slander, let that be a signal to you like the little ding-ding light in your car, that something isn't quite right under the hood. That there is something simmering in your heart that shouldn't be there. All of those thought patterns and behaviors are all indications that something is going wrong inside your heart and your brain. Something is, is there that shouldn't be, and it's time to get rid of it. So today, I want you to stop and ask yourself a painful question, and I want you to let yourself sit with it. Um, If you believe in prayer, I want you to pray about it and ask God to reveal it to you, because He will. I want you to ask yourself this question, and really give it some thought. What are you stuffing, skimming over, or pretending isn't a problem? What is it? Sit with that question for a little bit. What are you stuffing? skimming over or pretending isn't a problem and then ask yourself this are you denying your feelings rather than dealing with your pain i want you to think about the body think about your physical body think about when you hurt yourself i'm going to give you another real world example 
I injured my left thumb about four months ago while sledding with my family. We have a great sledding hill, and I happened to stop myself with my thumb. My thumb took my whole body weight bent backwards. Now, instead of taking the steps necessary to heal my thumb by perhaps buying a thumb brace, taping it up, going to a doctor, whatever, I've continued to tell myself that the pain, although at times seriously excruciating pain, is no big deal and something that I could and should just push through. I told myself, and I'm still telling myself, that ignoring the pain is the right decision. Paying attention to the pain is something a baby would do, Becky. Suck it up. I'm okay. Meanwhile, reality, it's four months later, and I still cannot fully use my left hand. There was an extremely simple task that I couldn't do yesterday because it required my left thumb. I can't do even the things that require the most minimal usage. And this is all because I decided to ignore the pain and not do the work of healing it. Let this sit in and please let the analogy make sense to you. Unmanaged and unresolved pain in the physical body can cause infections, scar tissue, tension, a whole host of other problems. When we ignore pain in our bodies, The hurt grows, and we don't get to make full use of our bodies as intended. We're limited, and we're stuck. And it's the same for your unmanaged and unresolved emotional pain. You get stuck. You can't use use your heart and your mind as fully intended. There's not room. I want you to let your feelings, even the uncomfortable ones, Even the ones that you may have been trained to hide or to keep to yourself, let those feelings point you towards the things you've suppressed or ignored. Those feelings need to be confronted, named, and felt. It's going to hurt. Growing might feel like breaking at the beginning, but the way out is the way through. Now, sitting with your feelings has become something a lot of people say, but I want you to know it is not just a self-care buzzword, and sitting with your feelings is not actually self-care. It's not binge-watching Netflix or taking a bath. That's, That's numbing behavior. That's what we're all great at. We're all great at stuffing and hiding it away. This is about confronting. It's also not about wallowing. Molly Burney said, when we wallow... We're simply invested in holding our position, which we tend to do by replaying the story of how offended we are or how unjust our circumstance is or by simply ruminating in the narrative of our anxiety. Wallowing entrenches us in our victimhood. It won't get us liberated. So it's not just self-care, even though it is caring for yourself to get rid of this, but it's not the way we typically think about self-care. And it's not about wallowing. Feeling your feelings isn't about poor me. What we are interested in is freedom and the desire to move forward. Sitting with the uncomfortable emotions rather than continuing to stuff them and store them away in the basements and cupboards of our hearts and minds is saying, I want to grow. I want to heal. I want to start fresh. This is going to take reflection honesty, and a heck of a lot of vulnerability. 
like with my thumb, it may feel tempting to tell yourself it's just not worth it. It's too much of a hassle. Pain's not that big of a deal. Suck it up. No one wants to see you cry. And all of the other things we might have been told as children. We're going to have to overcome all of that. But we can never truly move on and move forward and and seek to rid ourselves of these problems, the insecurity, the gossip, the rage, the unforgiveness, these harmful negative thought patterns, behaviors, and actions that are weighing us down and and keeping us from living. We're never going to be able to move forward and move on and live fully and live freely until our hidden and tucked away pains are uncovered and dealt with. When we feel these harmful behaviors like rage and unforgiveness and insecurity bubble up, we need to stop and ask ourselves, huh, where is this coming from? Why is this here? Where is this manifesting from? Why am I feeling this way? What is triggering me? What is going on in my body? Can I name this emotion that I'm feeling? Allow yourself to sit with it, be curious about it, process it, ask God to heal you from it. Think about it. Don't just continue to pretend like it's not there. It's not serving you. But once we have done the work, then there is deep joy and emotional peace that may never have happened otherwise. The cost of uncovering our pain, of pulling it out of the dark places of our hearts and minds where we've been so good at shoving it, it's it's getting to live healed. It's getting to be free. It's freedom from these things weighing us down. And let me tell you, friend, you are worth it. Oh, I ask you as you go about your week that you would think not only about the next actual spring cleaning project in your house, but maybe the next time you're cleaning your house, just start to do a discovery and ask yourself, what is it that I'm stuffing, skimming over, or pretending isn't a problem? Is there some area of pain in my life that I just keep pretending, doesn't, that doesn't bother me anymore. I'm okay with that person. I'm fine. I'd, I, I'm okay. All those little lies we tell ourselves. Ask, are you really? Or do you want to be set free? Do you want to heal? Ah, this is tough. This is tough. Wrestling with our pain and deciding to heal those unprocessed, unresolved hurts is tough. It's not easy. But I really want us to be free of harmful things we're holding on to. Insecurity, gossip, rage, comparison, and unforgiveness are not for you. These were never part of the the design for your life, and we need to let them go. Coming up in the rest of the series, we've got four more tough things we're going to work through. We're going to work through worry, shame, overthinking, and negativity. And I got to tell you, I am so ready to have these nine things out of my life for good. I want to make room in the closet of my heart and mind for joy and peace and friendship and positivity and encouragement. I want to be light. I want to be love. And I want to experience those things and give those things to others. And I hope you do too. Thank you for sticking with me today and talking about getting a little bit uncomfortable 
But we have to learn to feel our feelings. If you want to heal, you got to feel. It's cheesy, but cheese tastes good. We'll be back with you next Wednesday. Thanks, ladies. You've been listening to the Girl on a Hill podcast. Please help us out by sharing the podcast with your friends, connecting with us on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. We're here to climb the hill with you as we all work to stop hiding, start shining, and be the women we were created to be. Join the conversation by connecting with us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for being here, and we'll be back with you next week.